Well, good morning, everyone. Well, good to uh, see everyone uh, this morning. Um, a couple of things. Uh, I'm following up on uh, uh, our brother Aaron's message of last week. If uh, you were here last week, we, uh, we did an overview of the book of Amos. And I just want to bring out one verse that uh, Aaron didn't... Well, uh, he might have mentioned it last week, but it's found in the book of Amos. And that is in uh, Amos chapter 7, I think it's verse 11, says this. I am not a prophet nor the son of one, but I want to tell you that uh, for over six months, I have been prophesying that Donald Trump was going to win the election. <laughs> now, you can, you can ask my wife. I've been consistent. Everywhere I've gone preaching, I have told people, I'm telling you, he's going to win. Anyway, that's, uh, but believe me... Um, it was close. Uh, that's number one. Now, last week, uh, during the announcements, they announced that there was no evening meeting. You remember that? And uh, the reason is, is because you were uh, encouraged to invite people into your home. Now, I want to... Um, I want you to remember something. Uh, with me today are dear friends from Canada, uh, Dr. Uh, John and Gloria Club. Now, Gloria, stand up for a minute. Now, Gloria, listen to this. Gloria got invited to a home. Uh, Gloria, 30, I'm 34 years in the Lord, so 35, maybe 36 for you. Got invited to a, to a home in Sarnia. Now, you, can, you Americans don't know anything about Canada. But Sarnia is just across the river from Port Huron, Michigan. And in a home there, uh, a woman led Gloria to the Lord. Gloria then uh, led her husband to the Lord. And John led me to the Lord. Uh, and you see, you might not think that, uh, you know, will someone come? Uh, you might not think that they're not interested, your neighbors, friends, or whatever. But you have no idea how God is working in the hearts of men and women. So please be encouraged by that. And um, so, I just wanted to encourage you with that. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Hosea. Now, uh, if, you, if you're going to have trouble finding it, uh, it is right after uh, the book of Daniel, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Now, this morning, I want to read just chapter 1. It's very short, so we'll read that. And... Uh, Keep your finger there because we'll read a few verses through uh, this book this morning. And I want to make this as practical as I can for you. Hosea chapter 1, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Biri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jer Jeroboam, and that would be Jeroboam number two, 
son of uh, Jehoash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go take yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. The Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter, and the Lord said to Hosea, Call her Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer show love to the house of Israel, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to the house of Judah, and I will save them, not by uh, bow, sword, or battle, or by horses and horsemen, but by the Lord their God. After she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son, and the Lord said, Call him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand of the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be re, uh, reunited, and they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. And then just one more verse. Uh, go right to the last chapter of Joel, Joel chapter 14, and this is going to be pretty well our text this morning. Um, Reading from uh, chapter uh, 14 and verse 9. Who is wise? He will realize these things. Who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. So this morning we're looking at the book of Hosea. It is, uh, it's interesting because the, the Lord called Hosea... Uh, to be a prophet to the uh, nation of Israel and uh, the northern kingdoms in particular. But it was more than he called them. He actually wanted not only for him to deliver the message, he wanted Hosea uh, uh, to become the message. He was going to show Israel through Hosea what Israel was really like. He wanted Hosea to become the message. He said, I want you to go and marry an adulterous woman. Hosea, she will break your heart. She will leave you. We read in chapter 1, that they had three children. One, we know for sure, Jezreel, was uh, Hosea's son. But we don't know about the other two. Because of the word him. You uh, was born to Hosea, and the other two were not quite sure of. That's the kind of woman Gomer was. 
But the meaning is clear. As we read through the book of Hosea, we see the heart of God, and that we read in chapter 14, we see the heart of God, and we see the rebellion of God's people. And uh, that's what I want to center on this morning. The heart of God and the rebellion of God's people. Look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. And I want to look at the characteristics of a rebellious people. I want to look at the characteristics of a backsliding people. And I want us, brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, to examine our hearts this morning in light of the Word of God. I want, and I pray, and I have prayed, that the light of God's Word would shine on your heart. The Word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it's able to penetrate, even unto dividing, the joints, marrow, soul, and spirit. It's able to judge the attitudes and thoughts of your heart. Nothing is laid bare, uh, and everything is naked before the eyes with whom we have to do. Let the Word of God, Christian, this morning speak to your heart. Like God has spoken to mine. The characteristics of a backslider that we'll look at this morning. It says here, hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness. Christian. The first characteristic of a backslidden Christian is a lack of faithfulness. God, Christian, does not want necessarily for you to be successful. But He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to be faithful. God is not demanding success, but demanding faithfulness from us. It says in in, uh, 11, and you don't have to turn there, but let me just read it to you. It says in, in Hosea 11 and 7, My people are determined to turn from me. Or as another translation says, My people are bent On backsliding. Now Christian. I think it's important this morning. That you and I recognize. Who we are. If you are here this morning. And you have trusted Jesus Christ. As your personal savior. That is sealed in heaven. God will never leave you. Nor forsake you. You are sealed. You will get there. Because it's not up to you, it's up to Him. And God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. And when God promises eternal life, He means it. 
On the other hand, we ought to know ourselves that we have a bent to backslide. We sing a song in the first meeting. We should sing it more often. Prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love. Christian, let's be honest with ourselves this morning. No pretense. It's part of our being of the old man, isn't it? Where we're bent on backsliding. To fall back. The Apostle Paul said this. O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have such a bent on backsliding. Even the Apostle Paul said, present tense, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am, not I was. Of who I am, chief. That's from the heart of the Apostle Paul. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And if there be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. God, look at our hearts this morning and see... uh, If I am faithful. I love it. The Apostle Paul at the end of his life. As he penned. The last uh, epistle. In 2 Timothy. He said this. And I tell you it's my goal as a Christian. I say this. I have. Fought the fight. I have finished the race. And I have, what? Kept the faith. The Apostle Paul's greatest fear. Not that he would not end up in heaven. But that his life, at the end of his life, would amount to nothing accomplished for God. And that he would, he would be a castaway. Christian. The book of Hosea is an object lesson to the Christian to see how unfaithful we can become. Secondly, it's again found in uh, chapter 4. There is no faithfulness. Number two, there is no love. There's no love. How often, Christian, I don't know about you, but I often had to check my heart. You know, how often have I got saved? I was in love with the person of Jesus Christ. And now the rest of my Christianity is lived by rules. Do this and don't do that. 
Folks, you don't have to ask me today to love my wife. I love my wife. You don't have to ask me that. What difference is it with Jesus Christ? And, and we get saved, we're in love, and then we lose our first love. And that's what the Lord Jesus did say about the church at Ephesus. When I read about those uh, seven churches in the book of Revelation, I apply all of that to me. He's talking to the church, but Jesus, you know, you're talking to me. Tony, have you lost your first love? There's three spiritual temperatures of your heart, Christian. It's either hot, it's either cold, or it's become lukewarm. And the one that Jesus hates the most is lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. But I can't stand lukewarm. Have you become lukewarm? Have we become lukewarm, Christian? We lose our first love. Chapter 2 and verse 13. Another characteristic that the Lord rebuked Israel for. It says, I will punish her for the day she burned incense to the Baals. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But she forgot me. Folks. One of the characteristics of a backslidden Christian is we forget. The practicality. Now, wait a minute. Think about this for a minute. The Lord's Supper. Why do we do it? It's so practical. Think about it. The Lord... It's a command. And there's a reason for it. Why? Because we're so easy to forget. Right? We're we're like the ten lepers. Ten of them. Oh, hallelujah. I got cleansed. And on their merry way, only one came back. What did the Lord say? Where's the other nine? Right? So he says, you know, even the Apostle Paul, he says, I've delivered unto you that which I received. Even the Apostle Paul, I mean, he could have, I mean, the he knew, the, he knew the apostles. They could have told them about the Lord's Supper. But the Lord, by divine um, revelation, gave it to Paul. And we see it written in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I delivered unto you that which I received. That on the night he was betrayed. Right? And what did God, what did Jesus say? Do this in remembrance of me. Folks, we need to remember. We need to remember not only who God is, what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do. It's so good to remember that, isn't it? Because in our backslidden hearts, we forget. And when do we usually forget? When our hearts are filled, when our hearts are filled with other things. Folks, half and half is good for coffee. It ain't good for Christianity. It don't work. 
God doesn't want half. He wants our hearts. She forgot. Chapter 6. The heart of the backslider is characterized by repentance? No. Shallow repentance. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's come, let us return to the Lord. But this is where a backslider wants happiness, but not holiness. They want uh, healing. And we can pray for healing. It's not that we shouldn't. But we want healing, but we don't want cleansing. That's a backslider. Here's the people in Israel. Hosea comes to them. Oh, we're, we're, we're repenting all right. And, and God's not even, he's going like this. Because you're not, it, it's, it's regret, it's not repentance. You know what, the Bible really clears, uh, shows us the difference between the two. It's, it, it, it's found in 2 Corinthians and, and, and chapter 9. It, it shows us that there is a, a sorrow that can come in our life, but it's a regret. I, I see it in the jails all the time. It's regret. You know why? I got caught. I regret that I got caught. And it's easy for them to say the sinner's prayer in jail. You know how many times I've heard the sinner's prayer in jail? You know why? Because they got caught. But it's not repentance. Godly repentance. First of all, is of God. And you acknowledge who you are. God wants in Psalm 51 and verse 6, I desire truth in the inner parts. God wrestled, talk about a a wrestling match with with Jacob all night. Wrestle, wrestle. When I first read, what's that mean? What's he doing? Could God pin him? You know, I tap out. You know, real quick, right? Like, God's wrestling with me. But the point was, you see, all night, all night, all night, all night, Jacob, 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 Jacob. What's your name, Jacob? Jacob, what's your name? Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Because Jacob don't want to give him his name. Because Jacob, his name meant, you dirty rascal. You're a conniver. Jacob, all of your life you've been twisting and turning things and taking the truth and twisting it and trying to maneuver in your life in order for things to... Jacob, how's it been going? Jacob, what's your name? What's your name? Finally, my name is Jacob. Hallelujah. Now we got someplace. 
Christian. Christian. Hello. God wants you to be honest with Him. God wants you to look in, look inside that heart, and see where you're really at. Because it's not important what I think of you. It's not important what you think of me. It's important what God thinks of you. And God already knows. But I'll tell you what, Christian, you will get nowhere, no joy, no peace in your life until you admit who you are. God wants truth in the inner man. And we need to confess it as such. And that's when God, that little one that came up here and said, if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I know that by rote, but it doesn't mean my heart is right. Even when I say it, because I better tell God, you come into every room in my heart. And even the one I got a little special lock to. You get in there too. And you expose it all. Because otherwise, you're a backslider. You're not right with God. Christian, the Word of God, it's alive. It's sharp. It's able to cut. Even unto penetrating. Let the Word of God get in. Surgery hurts, by the way. Right? Surgery hurts. But let him get in. Let him cut out. Let him cut out that growth of maybe that root of bitterness and of jealousy and of anger and of lust or whatever it is in there that's never been forsaken. Confess it, forsake it. And God blesses. God, God's heart is to bring back. So shallow repentance he doesn't want. And then fifthly, fifthly, it's found in chapter 8 and verse 7. Israel would cer- certainly uh, taste the results of backsliding. And it says this, They sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. Right? A backslider sows the wind, but reaps the whirlwind. David sowed a seed of lust, and he reaped a whirlwind of despair and tears afterwards. That's what it means. A backslider will sow the wind, but reap the whirlwind. If you're not right with God, a crop of despair will come back at you. And uh, that's important. Because it says in chapter 5 and verse 7 of Hosea, they, um, they begat one of the one of the The reaping and sowing comes with our children. Christian. Christian, listen. 
You do not, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you are in your life, it don't matter whether you're a parent, grandparent, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You do not live your Christian life in a vacuum. You might think you do, but you will affect other people. You sow the wind and you reap the whirlwind. And, and, and here is one of the things in uh, chapter 5, verse 7, that is reaping the whirlwind because they sowed the wind. A backslider. You know what happened? They begat what? Pagan children. You know what, Christian, I can tell you. Kids ain't stupid. They ain't stupid. Right? They can smell you a mile away. Right? Oh, you play church? You want to play like the Israelites played? They had sacrifice. You know what? They were still sacrificing, you know. They still had the rituals, you know. But they sowed the wind and they reaped the whirlwind because they raised what? Pagan children. Their children said, you know what? Mommy and daddy's religion, meh, it really doesn't have a major effect on their life. So you know what? Hey, it's not for me. It's not for me. And uh, we don't want that, do we, Christian? We don't want that in our life. We don't want to uh, reap the wind, uh, sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. And so, listen, I just, I'll leave it at this. Look, there are no guarantees when you raise your children, by the way. No guarantees. Uh, you know, uh, we take uh, Proverbs, and I, I, I've taken that verse. I memorized it. You know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. That is a precept in the Scriptures. But that's not a guarantee in the Scriptures. Right? Because there is the free will of man and every child will make their decision on their own. But as much as it depends on me. Right? Because we, we also had another child come up here today. And, and this verse that I memorized years ago. As for me and my house, we will what? We will serve the Lord. You know what, parent? You're not lawyers. You're not into negotiations. You're not a mediator. You're a parent. You want to eat? You want to eat? So you tell my kids, you want to eat? Yeah. Well, then we go to church. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're not nego- There's some things you can negotiate, right? We, we negotiate something. We talk about a few things. We always talk. You know? But we didn't, there were some things we didn't negotiate. Right? So, why is it? Because kids will smell you out. And you know, I, I'm going to make that optional. I, if you feel like going. Well, look guys, we already read in Hosea, we're bent on backsliding. So are your kids. And you create an environment. For them to flourish in the things of God. You create an environment for them to flourish in the things of God. Let's look at God's heart. So we looked at the 
We looked at the backslider. Now we want to look at God's heart. And in that illustration, it's beautiful. You go get yourself a wife. And I'm going to tell you, Gomer, who you're going to marry. Uh, Excuse me, Hosea. Her name is Gomer. That should have been a clue right there. (laughs) You know? But anyway, she's going to be adulterous. But you know what? When she commits adultery, you're going to go and get her back. You're going to even have to buy her back. In chapter two, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. Chapter 3 is buying back. Buying back. And uh, so there's God's heart. God is not willing. Look, here's God's heart. For the unbeliever, we heard about it in the first meeting this morning. Not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth. That's God's heart. For the unbeliever. If someone goes to hell folks. God has done everything he can. To stop a person. From going to H-E double hockey stick. Okay. God has done everything. As a matter of fact. Parent. Grandparent. Can I ask you a question? Would you give up your son? For uh, a nice guy? No. No, you wouldn't. But maybe. Would you give him up for a rebel who hated your guts? No. Would you give up your son? No. Would you give up your daughter? No. Would you? Come on. You see, God's given the best for those that you see around you that reject him. That's God's heart. But God's heart for you and for me and for the backslidden Christian is always seeking for them to come back. Come home. Come back. You see, even when the Bible tells us, even when we're not faithful, God's faithful. Isn't that beautiful? God always wants you to come back. And you know what, folks? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. Oh, Tony, you have no idea what I've done. No, I don't know what you've done. But I know what I've done. God says, come back. Come back. Come back to me. You see, that's God's heart. Secondly, here's God's heart. God will always Discipline his children. Always. So, instead of me, you know, you woe is me. Listen, Christian. Uh, oftentimes, your problems, God's trying to bring you back to where You ought to be. And I can tell you from experience that the more trouble that Tony Martin has, the closer I am to my God. It it shouldn't be that way. But God knows me. 
I better get Tony's attention. He needs a spanking. You ever got a spanking from God? Christian, you ever got a spanking from God? I have. It hurt. Was it good for me? Yep. Did I need it? Yep. I did. I did. And and that's God's heart, folks. God wants you close. God wants God your He's your father. And daddies, you know, we don't always like to do it, but we have to administer uh what? Discipline. We need it. We need it. And can I show you something, Christian, just as we get ready to close here? Can I show you something? Can I show you a prayer that I want you to pray? Chapter 2. This is the prayer for the backslider. Chapter 2. Pray this. Perhaps for yourself, but certainly maybe you're thinking even today of a wayward child. You're thinking of someone in your mind's eye, Christian, this morning that uh, ought to be here that isn't here. One of your loved ones that professed that they love Jesus and they ain't so close anymore. You know what I mean? You got anybody in your head? Here's the prayer to the backslidden. Look at it, verse uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 6. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn brushes. Thorn bushes, not brushes. I will wall her in that she cannot find her way. She will chase after lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband. Christian, oftentimes, and I know I've done this, that my prayer was, you know, spare. Oh God, you know, protect my child or whatever. They're backslidden or, or uh, you know, as an elder, uh, you know, people in the assembly will protect them, put a hedge. Put a hedge and stick him with it. Get their attention. You know, I, I, I think of, uh, of this and I'll close with this. My sister, I baptized her. And we, we had great uh, fellowship together. And uh, then she left her husband. And then she, uh, uh, Rosie and I, we'd, we would look at her. Uh, as a matter of fact, John Club, that guy sitting right in the back there, he led her to the Lord. My sister. And then she, she started backsliding. And uh, you know what? God did. He put thorns in her way. My sister at 35 years old got stomach cancer. Unheard of for women. That type of cancer. She said to me, Tony, God needed to get 
caught my attention. And he brought me back to himself. I knew I was saved. I knew I had done wrong. Because you see, to me, I baptized her. I watched her. I watched her grow. And then I watched her fall away. In my mind, Rosie and I both said this. You know what? She ain't saved. She couldn't be. Look what she's doing. It's impossible. I, I confronted her to her face. And she smirked and laughed at me. Until God brought her back. And by her own admission said, I needed to get the cancer in order for me to get back to my God. And I preached at my sister's funeral. And five or six hundred people. A young lady at 35 years old left two kids behind and I was the preacher at her funeral. And I can tell you something, that my sister had no regrets when she left this planet. That she had come clean with God, she had come back to God and was witnessing to God in on her deathbed. Christian, the characteristics of a backslider. And the heart of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again, O God, for this time. I thank you, Father, for everyone that's come this morning. Father, perhaps there's a person here that is uh, in a backslidden state. Lord, that uh, you would speak to their hearts, O God. Perhaps they, they, you got their attention this morning, Father, from the Word of God. There might be someone here, Father, this morning that doesn't even know you. Uh, Father, that they've never come to trust in the precious work of the cross of Calvary. They don't even know the person of the cross. They've never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I pray today, Father, if there be anyone here today that's never done that, oh God, that they would put their trust in our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, would you dismiss us today, but, oh God, we want to search our hearts this morning. Father, help us put that shining light of the Word of God on it, Father. And, Father, we pray that we would be right with Thee, O God. And we pray these things in His name. Amen.